Hi, welcome to The Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're learning about just some giant moths. A few weeks ago, we did the Hercules beetle. And when I was researching, the first moth that we're going to talk about popped up, and then that sent me down a rabbit hole, so here we are. Before we get into it, did you know Hercules was... Before we get into it, did you know Hercules was originally Heracles? Yeah, so in the original Greek mythology, it's Heracles, but in Roman mythology, it's Hercules. And, And that's the name we still use, but it's referring to the same dude, like same myths and everything wild. The Roman myth name is the Latin version of the original Greek, so I guess it makes sense that we would say Hercules instead of Heracles. But anyway, not the point, just a little fun fact before we get into our first giant moth. And also, anytime I see or hear Hercules, I do think Heracles. Um, I was really into this one myths podcast for a while, and she always referred to him as Heracles because... Like, that's the true name, like the original name. So, anyway, moving on. It's the Hercules moth that we're talking about first. So that whole ramble just now does tie into what we're doing here. I wasn't just talking. I mean, I was, but whatever. Anyway, the scientific name is Casinohera. No, Casinocera. There it is. Casino? Casinocera? Hercules? Anyway, if you want that information... And it's native to New Guinea and northern Australia in the tropical North Queensland area. The adults have a wingspan of over 10 inches, and that gives them the largest surface area of any other insect, physically other than being identified as just being huge. They're like a nice brown color with lighter brown or white markings. They are sexually dimorphic. Remember, that means the genders do look different, although it's not super exaggerated here. The males have longer quote-unquote tails on the end of their hind wings that the females lack, and that's really the only physical difference. As adults, they only live for a week or two, with their whole objective being to reproduce. As larvae, they're like a light blue or light green color with little red spots and these long white spikes found on various rainforest trees. Like many other moths, they only eat as larvae and spend all of their time just munching on leaves to grow. By the time they're ready to transform into an adult, they are just under 5 inches long and weigh over 50 grams, like at the most. The biggest ones weigh over 50 grams. That's about the weight of a small chicken egg or like 10 US nickels. I know that doesn't sound like much, but for a caterpillar, that's really heavy. They live as caterpillars for about 3 months before encasing themselves in their cocoons. So they're massive moths, and a lot of the larvae are massive caterpillars. That's so fun. That's about where that one ends. Um, Research-wise, there were a couple other things, but that was basically it. So we're going to learn about another giant moth today, the Atlas moth. Atticus atlas, which is really fun to say, or the Atlas moth, is native to the rainforests of Asia. Not rainforests. Forests, period. Not just rainforests. Real quick, we do like having scientific names included, I think, but like, do you care? 
or I guess I should phrase it as, do we like having the scientific names included? I kind of, it makes me feel fancy. I didn't include them for a long time, and I'm not sure why I started using them more. But anyway, let me know what you think. Um, I don't think it really matters, other than just me feeling like this is a real science podcast, because I used the scientific name. Um, but whatever. Back to the moth on hand. Um, <laughs> I'm very rambly this morning. It is a silk moth, the atlas moth, if you've forgotten what we're talking about here, because I did for half a second. Uh, silk moth, so the females are heavier than the males, and they have a wingspan of about nine inches long. They're also a brown color, but their forewings have tips that look like snake heads to ward off potential predators. We talked about this pretty recently. So I'm not really going to go into why or how this happens. I'm sure you remember it from a previous episode. But, you know, things like birds eat moths, but things like snakes eat birds. So when they see what looks like a snake, they're not going to hang around and figure out if it's actually a snake because they're going to get got. So it protects them from predators. Just like the Hercules moth, the Atlas moth lacks mouth parts as an adult and relies on energy stored from fat to survive. They also don't live long with their whole purpose being reproduction, which is true of just about every moth. I can't think of a single one that lives for very long um, because the whole point of them being adults is to reproduce. So as larvae, they can be found on citrus, citrus, cinnamon, or evergreen trees, eating leaves to store up enough energy to grow large enough to pupate. They grow to be about the same size as the Hercules moth, but not nearly as heavy. And because they're silkworms, their cocoons are made out of strands of silk called figara. Figara? Figara. I don't know. See, this is why I don't do the scientific names all the time. Being from Oklahoma, I fully recognize that there are a lot of words that I don't pronounce correctly. And so why would I say all the scientific names just to say them wrong? Because I do have a biology degree, I promise. I went through all the classes, I did all of the things, it was very difficult. Um, but I, I got my biology degree in Oklahoma, so I don't think I learned how to properly pronounce anything, because like nobody pronounces anything right. So anyway, that's, I think, why I don't include them all the time. It's just like that self-doubt that I'm saying everything wrong. Um, but then also in looking at like who listens to this podcast, it's a lot of people in other countries, which I think is really cool. Hi, welcome. Are you just listening because I have a funny accent? If you are, that's fine. Hi, welcome. But anyway, I don't think I pronounce things correctly is the point of that. We're going to call it Figara, the strands of silk. <laughs> we get so off topic. Okay. Um... The amount of silk in these cocoons aren't nearly as much as like the more domesticated and kept silkworms create, but it can still be harvested after the cocoons are abandoned and it's used to make all kinds of things. Apparently it's really strong, so it's really good for making like silk bags and stuff because it's like a really, the Figara, Figara, whatever, is like a really strong silk. So that's fun. Now, on to my favorite atlas moth fact, and I've been waiting this whole episode for this. This is the first thing I learned in doing my research, and I put it towards the end because I was so excited. 
honestly, the only reason I got through writing and recording this episode is because I wanted to get this out. Here we are. So, Atlas moths are illegal in the U.S. per the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This is a direct quote. It's illegal to obtain, harbor, rear, or sell live moths, whether adult moths, legs, legs, eggs, (laughs) cheese, larvae, or pupae without a permit as they are federally quarantined. Isn't that wild? I like that they said obtain and harbor, as if you're like harboring fugitives. Um, I don't think we've learned about an illegal bug on here before. So that just blew me away that the first thing I found was like, these are illegal. I'm like, okay, it's not drugs, calm down. Um, Basically, the caterpillars eat so much in such a short period of time that they're a serious crop pest everywhere. They're a serious pest where they're from too, because they'll just like, Like, think back to what I said they eat. Citrus plants? Cinnamon trees? Like, I have a lemon tree in my house. (laughs) With the way pests have been going in my life this summer, I would not be surprised to find one of these on it one day. (laughs) It's in my living room, like in the middle of my living room. I can just imagine walking out one morning and it just being like a stick and there being a caterpillar on it. Um, I would cry. I've worked so hard for that lemon tree. Um, Where even was I? Guys, this is a wild one. I am all over the place. Um, They're a serious crop pest. And because, like, that's a food source, it's a big deal. So in the United States, they could wipe out a whole farm pretty quickly, so they're banned. Um, One just one single one, was spotted in the wild here in the U.S. for what's thought to be the first time uh, last year, back in 2022. Um, And they do a good job of keeping them out because, like, crates and things that are coming in from other countries are searched for them and other pests, of course. Uh, But it's thought this one escaped from an illegal cocoon selling business. So people are selling the cocoons on eBay. Um, and because there was just one adult randomly in the Pacific Northwest, they were like, "Mm, probably not a problem. It probably escaped from something illegal. Um, and as an adult, it doesn't do any damage. Somebody just walked out of their house and saw it. Um, and they called it in because they were like, I don't know what this is. Because sometimes people are really kind and do stuff like that. And... One of the entomologists was like, it's like seeing one of those rare black rhinos in your front yard. Which, no it's not. (laughs) But it is still wild that somebody just walked out and saw this thing that we've never seen live in person in our country unless you've traveled and seen them elsewhere. So that is wild. Um... Obviously, it's not going to do any damage, but the fact that somebody is growing them to sell the the silk illegally is kind of a problem, but that's where I'm going to end up with one on my lemon tree. So one of my neighbors is doing this, and it's going to escape and eat my lemon tree. I don't think I live in an area that this could happen. Like, I feel like to do this, you'd have to have a lot of space. And I live in, like, a 
pretty standard middle-class neighborhood. Um, wow, I've gotten so off topic. So yeah, two massive moths. I thought it'd be fun to pair them up for this episode. Let me know if you like this style where we learn about more than one bug. We've done this in the past, um, and then we did it more recently last month. It makes the research side just a little bit easier, and then I think it gives longer episodes, but I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. I structured this podcast to be like under 15 minutes, so like a quick listen. I do enjoy solid hour-long podcast episodes, but then also I love the quick apps for like my drive home or my lunch break, like you're walking the dog, you don't listen. I have a 12-year-old, very large dog. Her walks take less than 10 minutes. I mean, we could go down to the mailbox and back and she would be winded. So, like, a short podcast episode is perfect for walking her. Anyway, I'm rambling. (laughs) Let me know your thoughts (laughs) on multiple bug episodes. I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I started that sentence without an end to it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you so much for learning and just sticking with me today. This was a wild one. I'm all over the place. I will see you next time here on the Bug Plug Bug Plug Podcast. My goodness, I can't talk. coffee today. I am recording in the morning. That's usually when I'm the most unhinged. My night recorded episodes, I'm like very focused, very calm, very on task. My morning recordings, I am all over the place. Wow. It's about to start raining again. How exciting. Guys, it's been raining. So I live where it's been like 112 every day for the past month. And it's been raining all day yesterday and then all day today. How nice is that? Wow. All right. I'm going to go get more coffee.